Welcome to this week's The New PL to the Point. The New PL to the Point is a weekly podcast series where, in around 10 minutes each week, we break down and analyze the key elements of our weekly The New PL conversations with industry leaders and entrepreneurs. We offer an opinion on the key points from the conversations and how our listeners may practically apply them in the business. This week on The New PL, we break down and analyze our conversation with the inspirational Susan Sly. Susan is a tech investor, best-selling author of seven books, keynote speaker, trainer, and entrepreneur. Susan is also co-CEO and co-founder of Radius AI, a Silicon Valley and Phoenix-based AI company, founder of Agency 8, a digital agency for startups, and CEO of Crimson Phoenix Marketing. We started the conversation with Susan by exploring two of the key entrepreneurial character types, the dreamer and the doer or deliverer. And which of these two character types Susan most identified with? For entrepreneurial dreamers, their strength is the idea, the concept and the vision for the product, how to solve a problem they see or shape a service they've conceptualized. Then there is the doer or the deliverer. They may not always see the concept or have the big dream or the vision, but they are incredibly adept at recognizing the strength of that concept and seeing where it fits into the market and how it needs to be delivered and then delivering it to make it a success. And most entrepreneurs lean towards one characteristic or another and have to work a bit harder on the other. So I was keen to understand from Susan what she did to ensure she developed her skill set in the other category too. And Susan's answer was clear. For those who are dreamers, they have to, in fact, they need to fall in love with the process too, fall in love with the delivery of their dream. They have to find their own way to embrace it, to commit to it, and to deliver on it consistently. Because especially in the startup phase, and particularly if you're a smaller startup, and let's face it, most startups are, then ensuring you're both the dreamer and the doer is essential to getting that dream out the door and into the hands of those who want it, who want to pay for it, and who, as a result, ensure you can keep delivering on that dream. Susan felt she naturally fell into the dreamer category as an entrepreneur, but she was more than willing to be the doer as well. And she described her upbringing, raised by a single dad and a very strict grandmother, and she worked in the family restaurant from a very young age, waiting tables, doing dishes, cleaning the toilets and so on. Her father had once said to Susan that as long as she had skills, she would never go hungry. So she made herself her dreamer entrepreneurial character also fall in love with the process of learning new skills and not being afraid to jump in and figure out how something worked. And Susan said that has been one of the keys to her success over her decades of entrepreneurship, her ability to both love the idea and then love and embrace the process to deliver it. And this got me thinking more deeply about the entrepreneurial process and how the scarcity mindset that many of us carry feeds into what we do how much we do it and what we achieve in the entrepreneurial process. Because like Susan, I'm more naturally perhaps the entrepreneurial dreamer rather than the doer. I've got pages and pages and pages of ideas. I'd hasten to add at this point, many of those are most likely rubbish ideas, but I still have pages of them. But they keep coming into my head and I note them down for some day in the future when I might have the money to invest my time in them. And like Susan's example, I've worked from a very young age. A paper run from the age of eight started me off 
then working in a bakery from 13 years of age on weekends and full-time work from 16. And given the size of many of my entrepreneurial ventures since, I've had to be the doer and the dreamer, because if I wasn't the doer, the dream simply wouldn't have happened. But I do think there is a real paradox at the heart of the entrepreneurial dreamer-doer dichotomy, if you like. And I'm not entirely sure where it comes from, although I do have a suspicion. I should say at this point, clearly I'm not a psychologist or a counsellor or a therapist. So what I'm about to say, I'm basing on my own experience as an entrepreneur and many of those that I've spoken to. But over many years and many ventures and much soul searching, I've tried to understand where my failures and successes come from as an entrepreneur. And when I think about my daily list of deliverables and whatever venture I'm currently working on, there will always be those on that list of deliverables that are, that are big shifters. Those things that have tackled and completed that day have the potential to really move things forward. And of course, there are always the admin things, those smaller things that of course need to be delivered, but could wait a day or a two or three or even 10 in some cases. Yet I frequently find myself gravitating towards the smaller things. And sometimes there is an apprehension to jump in and tackle the bigger ground shifting tasks. And some listeners might think, well, that's natural and understandable. You know, if you knock a few easy things off first and it makes you feel good and makes you look like you're achieving, and then you move on to the big ones. And you may well be right for you and your thinking. But for me, I think it's a bit deeper and more habitual than that for me personally. Because I think for some entrepreneurs, they subconsciously fear the very same success they crave. The subconscious fear of the phenomenal success their dream could actually bestow upon them. And I'm in this category to a point I feel. And I believe this is because some of us come at entrepreneurialism with a scarcity mindset. We both want and fear entrepreneurial success. And the latter, the fear, for whatever reason, we feel we are not worthy of the success we crave. And it is this which sometimes stops us from taking the big dynamic game-shifting actions each day, those things that we know we need to do, but we push to a side. And I know plenty of entrepreneurs out there who just seem to innately believe they deserve success, that it is their right to be successful and their right to have all the trappings that go with it. And you know what? Most of them are successful. Then I know others whose idea or concept or dream is incredible, but they seem to wade through treacle and barely move forward. And I've often been in that position myself. So I do feel at some point we need to be asking ourselves as entrepreneurs, if we are not moving forward as fast as we want to be, or not as successful as we want to be, or not achieving the dizzying heights that we believe we should be reaching, and we are failing to be the business person we are destined to be, or believe we are destined to be, then we need to be asking, how are we sabotaging ourselves in the delivering and the doing of our dream? Because if your dream really is that incredible, why is it not taken hold to the degree that it should have, when so many other lesser dreams and concepts seem to? If I'm personally anything to go by, I would suggest a lot of the reason why is because of the mindset I bring and some of us bring to the doing. We are doing for sure. We are delivering. I'm not suggesting for a moment we're not doing or working hard and so on, but it is what you are working hard on that is the question. And it is so often the limiting mindset that is based on our own self-worthiness when it comes to success and all that comes with that success that is the key definer in how successful we will be. 
So my question to listeners today is, how are you inhibiting your own success? How is some of your own thinking actually working against you in terms of achieving what you believe you are destined to achieve? What are the triggers, the limiting self-beliefs, the scarcity mindsets that you hold on to, however deep they might be, that are subtly and sometimes not so subtly getting in your way, depleting your confidence, dampening your courage? When you need to make that next new business call, produce that piece of content or launch that new initiative. Because if we are ultimately responsible for our success as entrepreneurs, which I believe we are, then we must be by virtue also ultimately responsible for our failures. So what are the lines that you're telling yourself every day that gently reinforces the narrative that you are not worthy of the success you desire? I know what mine are. And I'm working hard, damn hard, to try and shift them. But decades of one narrative cannot be conquered overnight. But as I'm proving quietly to myself each week with the new PL, the evidence of success is in the action I take and the positive narrative I try and use to support it. And I invite you this week to do the same and become your own best entrepreneurial friend. Thank you once again for listening to the new PL to the point today. If you enjoyed today's discussion, I invite you to pop back and listen to the full interview with Susan, episode 133. And if you'd like to learn more about Susan, please check out susansly.com and you'll also find the links in the notes that accompany the podcast. And just before we leave today's conversation, we would love to have you as part of our official The New PL community. So if you're interested in learning more about our movement to bring more principled leadership to business, please go to principlesandleadership.com and subscribe. We look forward to welcoming you into our community. Finally, I'm Paul, host of the new PL to the Point. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.